The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. Take your Bibles out and turn to 2 Timothy this morning. Uh, I know we've already had the announcements, but I do want to remind you just uh, uh, quickly, if you... uh, if you want to be a part of the baby dedication next week, uh, we'll do that at the end of the service. And your child doesn't have to be a newborn. Uh, you can uh, you can come at any age. Uh, if they're 21, they might be uncomfortable. But if you want to bring them, bring them on. Uh, but the reason we ask you to sign up is just simply because we want to give them a Bible. And we want to make sure we have plenty of Bibles. So uh, if you don't mind, uh, there's a sign-up sheet out in the foyer uh, you can put, we'd like for you to put their name because uh, I'm terrible with names and we don't want to misspell or, or leave someone out. Now, if you, if you don't do that, you're still welcome to come be a part of it and we'll probably have some extra Bibles also. Uh, so if you forget today, then don't, don't just bail on us. But, uh, if you would remember to, to sign up for that. Also, uh, as it was mentioned tonight is our, our singing night, and we'd love for you to come. We six thirty, we meet, and it's real informal. We uh, we stand and sing and do all kinds of things. If you want to come and sing a song or play a song, or uh, I was in a church one time, a lady wanted to whistle a song, and and uh, we, and she whistled, and she had a, a beautiful whistler, <laughs> you know, uh, I guess you would say, but she could really whistle, and so it was kind of different, but it was okay. So. If you'd like to come tonight and be a part of that, or if you want to just come and sit and enjoy uh, the singing, then you're welcome to be a part of that at 6.30. Over the last three weeks, we've looked together at our first five steps of living an abundant life. Uh, And this morning, we're going to take two more of those steps. So you know, I've told you there's 12 steps we're going to be looking at. So we're we're beyond the halfway point. Uh, The first uh, the first five that we looked at, and I'm not going to go over everything like we did last week, but the first one was this, uh, four questions. Uh, who are you? What are you? Where are you? And what do you really want? That was our first week as we thought about taking those steps to having an abundant life. Uh, the next step was own it. We need to take responsibility and take control of our own lives. And that's uh, these things are all out of Scripture. Uh, the next step was embrace positive change. Then last week we talked about, talked about making a plan, and when we make a plan, working our plan out. So those are the first five steps that, you, uh, that we've talked about already. And this morning we're going to look over in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and uh, we're going to look in verse 1 down through verse 7, and uh, we're going to get two more steps here. Uh, this is Paul. He says right in verse 1-1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God according to the promise of life that, it, that is in Christ Jesus to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 3 says this, I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience as day and night as I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I've been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and then your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan and to flame the gift of God. And that's really one of our focal passages right there. And there's some different translations says that different ways. 
uh, in which through the laying on of hands of my uh, laying on of my hands you receive. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and a spirit of love and a spirit of self-discipline. Paul's writing these letters in his last days. He's writing to his son in faith. Now, if you know about Paul, he wasn't married, so you might have saw that and said, well, it says, Timothy, my dear son, and and Paul is calling him a son in faith. In other words, uh, Paul had, had mentored Timothy, and it's it's very possible and likely and from all sources to, to say that Timothy's a teenager. Timothy's a, a young man, and uh, at this point, as Paul's later in life, he may have moved into to early adulthood, but t- uh, Timothy is started out as a teenager, and Paul was mentoring him, and he was going with Paul. So Timothy is ministering in Ephesus, and, and if you go and look in Revelation and see the church at Ephesus, you realize there's a lot of hardships going on there. Timothy's dealing with a, a lot of different things, and he's, he's dealing with all of these issues, and Paul remembers him, and Paul wants to encourage him, and he writes him this letter, and that's what we're going to look at it as Paul writes this letter and he's encouraging Timothy and he he's giving him some foundational principles and throughout Timothy 1st Timothy and 2nd Timothy we see some of these principles that he's giving but he's sharing his desire with Timothy that that he'd love for him to come to Rome and spend his last few days uh Paul's last few days with him there in Rome and in his letter Paul gives us our next two steps here and we're going to jump right into this and the first step is this we need to start with the spiritual. Now, now, we're talking about ways to live the abundant life. And, and I don't want us to lose sight of the fact that Christ said in John 10, I have come that you might have life, that you might have it abundantly. And some translations say even more abundantly. That's God's desire for us and our children that we would have that as his children, that we would have an abundant life. And, and we've kind of addressed this each week. If we're not having an abundant life or living abundant life, then there are some steps we could take towards developing that. And and here we go on the next step, and this is actually number six. We need to start with the spiritual. Now, Paul says here in uh, in 2 Timothy, uh, kindle afresh, and this is what King James says, kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you. The, the translation, I read the NIV, and it, it said, fan the flames which are in you. And and what he's talking about, he's talking about our spiritual life. Now, Denise and I, we, we primarily heat our home with a wood-burning stove. Some of you do that also. I'll tell you, Denise can burn a quart of wood in a week if it's real cold. Uh, I cut a whole bunch of wood, and she helps cut wood. All my family does. And, and boy, I thought this will last all winter. And a week after that cold spell, we were down to nearly nothing. Uh, now we have central heat in there, so don't, we don't live in a shack, but, but our, 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 our wood burning stove, it has a fan and you can take the wood and you can put that thing full of wood and you can close the door and you can shut the air off and you can turn the fans on and, and, uh, it'll, it, it'll, it'll burn all night long. And sometimes uh, it's according to what kind of wood you have. If it's some good seasoned wood and it's good hard wood, you can put that in there and you can leave early in the morning and go to work. And, and when you get home that evening, there'll still be logs in there and it'll still be burning. And, and uh, boy, it's, it's a good fire. But sometimes Denise lets the fire go out. Denise lets it go out. That's part of the, I mean, that was in the marriage, the marriage plans there. To keep the fire going. So, uh, so anyway, we let the fire go out. And sometimes it's at night. 
So we, we and I know that because I hear the heat cut on. When I hear the heat cut on, I know that the fire's dying down. So uh, what we do is we can go in there and, or I'll come home from work and I'll be busy, so I'll have to sit down a little while, you know, and Denise will say, she'll come in and say, well, you ain't even built the fire. Y'all men understand that, don't you? We come in tired and we need to relax. And ladies come in and they need to rekindle the fire, amen? <laughs> All you chicken men didn't say a word out there. But anyway, what I'm getting to is sometimes that fire burns down and, and we may come in and say, oh, we let the fire go out. But what we can do is we can take our ash bucket and we can take our shovel and we can start taking some of those old ashes out and we can begin to stir around and, and there's a little kindling in there. There's a little, a few coals left in there and we can, we can drag all those coals up to the middle and, and we can go outside and we can get some small wood and some sticks and we can place on there and then we can place a little bit bigger wood and, and then what do you do at that point? You blow on it, kind of blow on it, or you can shut the door and open the flue all the way and, and fix it where it'll suck some air in there. And, and when that air, whether you're blowing on it or, or whether you have some, what, bellows, is that what they call them? And uh, whether you crack the vent a little bit, whatever you do, that air starts moving over those coals, which once looked like they were just dead gray coals. And all of a sudden you see a little bit of red and then you see it begin to glow. And then as it begin to glow, begins to glow, it finally flames up and, and the fire's going again. Well, well, as, as Paul is talking to Timothy, he realized that Timothy's ministering there in an area where, you know, it's easy to get down. It's easy to let that fire burn down and, and it's easy to see a bunch of old coals laying on and, and the, 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 the heat and the, the, the fire that was once there is gone. But, but as, as Timothy, as Paul says to Timothy, rekindle that fire or, or as he says here in a little bit different translation, let this, let this fan the flames. And, and when you begin to fan the flames, then you begin to see that that fire goes from something that's really lost its warmth, really has lost its benefit, really lost its power to, to something that's warm and something that's glowing and something that's comfortable. And, and he's talking about the spirit. And that's what we're talking about this morning. If we want to have that abundant life, Paul says to us, we need to rekindle that fire. We need to, we need to fan the flames of that which we once had. And he says here to Timothy, you know, it was your grandmother Lois and then your mother Eunice. I know they had that and I believe you have it now, not because his grandmother or his mother had it, but because Paul says, because I was there, I was a part of that when you accepted Christ and I was a part of that when you received the Holy Spirit. So, so Timothy, fan those flames. So this morning, if we think about this, is we want to have that abundant life. Once we, once we begin to ask, where do I really want to be? And once we begin to take responsibility for ourselves, and once we begin to embrace some positive change, and we begin to make a plan, and we begin to work through that plan, then we need to say, okay, spiritually, I have to get things going here. Spiritually, I need to rekindle that fire. I need to fan those flames. It's interesting to me that, that in the Scripture, the Holy Spirit is referred to as a breath or as a wind blowing. Over in Genesis, Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, it says, The Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed 
into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. And then all the way at the other end of the Bible, Revelation 11, 11 you remember there's two uh, people that are going to come and they're going to proclaim the gospel during the time of tribulation. And during that time of tribulation, they're going to be put to death and, and they're going to lay out there in the streets and, and people, it says in Scripture, people all over the world will see this. Well, I remember years ago, uh, uh, the preacher that was preaching, Brother Calvin, he's the, the one that did Denise and I's wedding ceremony. He, he said this, I don't know how that'll happen, but it's going to happen somehow. Well, we wouldn't even question that now, would we? How something could happen over in the Middle East and everybody in the world could see it. But, but it says that, and, and listen to what it says. But after three and a half days, these men laid there in the streets, the world looking at them, ridiculing them, uh, cursing them, doing all of these things because they're proclaiming Christ. But after three and a half days, listen... The breath of life from God entered them. And they stood to their feet and terror struck those who saw them. That breath of God, that fanning the flame of God, that, that breath of life. And folks, if we're living today and we're, we're about to burn out, our, our flame's all but gone. But we're saying, I want that abundant life Paul says this, we need to rekindle afresh that gift of God. We need to fan the flames from the Word of God. Over in Matthew, and we're talking about the spiritual fire, and, and we're talking about, you know, where, where we can be in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. It says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words or these sayings of mine and does them will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock, and the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blow. And they beat on the house, but it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. When we work on our spiritual fire, when we, when we are, are fanning the flames, then, then we need to realize, here's the thing that's interesting. We're going to read the second part of that in just a moment. Well, let's go ahead and read it. Verse 26 and 27. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine or these words of mine and does not put them into practice will be like a foolish man who's built his house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and they beat on the house and it fell and it was a great fall. I want you to, I want you to notice something. In both of these situations, what happened? The rain came. The floods came. The winds blew. All of these things happened in, in, in both of those situations. But one of the houses, it stood firm because it had fanned the flames. It had taken God's Word and it had put them into practice. The other, it hadn't fanned the flames. So there was, there was no foundation there. And this morning, if you'd say, okay, I want to start with the spiritual. How do I do that? I mean, you've, 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 you've thrown this out, so how do we get there? Well, we find it in Matthew. How are we fanning those flames? How are we starting spiritual? We find that in the Word of God. Two times, anyone who hears these words of mine, who hears these sayings of mine, and who does put them into practice. He's the wise man. He builds his house on the rock. But those who hear the words of mine and do not, and does not put them, it'd be like a man, a foolish man, who, who's built his house and and it collapsed because of that so if we look and we say okay i understand and i want to fan the flames and i want to i want to build that, that spiritual wall and that spiritual foundation and i want to be in that abundant life then christ says this first we need to worry about the spiritual 
And then here's the second step this morning. We have to do life God's way. We've got to really do what God's way. 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 5. And I'm not going to read all that, but you can read that. 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 5. Basically what it says is, is you can't cheat and win. You, you can't cheat God and win, and you can't cheat life and win. He does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. Now, that's there in 2 Timothy 1 through 5, and like I said, you can read that. People don't like to be reminded of, of God's rules. We, we just don't like that. We, I, I understand that, and, and we live in a world that, that wants to set its own rules. It wants to set its own rules, and, and, and our living has gotten out of priority because so many times we set our own rules. We say, well, I, I don't particularly like this, and I don't particularly like what God said, so... In my mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to comprehend this this way, and then I'm going to go on and do what I want to do. And I think we do that often. You know, the, the, the people of the world, they, they tell us that it's okay. We need to, you need to, there's no absolutes anymore. There's no trues and false. But if that's true, almost half marriages end in divorce. I found some of these statistics. Approximately one-fourth of all pregnancies end in abortion. Almost 50% of teenagers are sexually active before they graduate high school. One in four children under the age of 18 are living in single-parent homes. It doesn't stop there. It goes on and on and on. And I'm not saying that's a, that's a death sentence for, for no means. I'm just saying that's not God's desire. And if you're in that situation, God forgives and we're able to move on and have great lives. But, but when we start making our, our own ideals, when we start listening to the, the ideal of the world saying, hey, there's no absolutes. That guy, he's out of step with the times. You can't, you know, this, this Judeo-Christian life is not for you. That, that's something from, from the past. We need to live our own life. That's not what God says. When Joshua, God spoke to Joshua about leading the people to the promised land, Moses had died and, and Joshua was fixing to move the people into the promised land. This is what he said to Joshua. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you should meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you'll have success. I want you to hear that again. He says, okay, Joshua, you're moving my chosen people to the promised land. Here's what I have for you. I'm, you remember when, they talked, when God talked about the promised land and he, the two spies went over and Caleb and Joshua went over into the, the promised land and they come back. There was 12 of them went and, and 10 of them said, we can't go over there. There's giants over there and we look like ants up against giants. And, and two of them come back and remember what they said? They said, this land is flowing with milk and honey. They said, there, there's, there's, there's berries over there that are huge. There's, there's, there's so many abundances of life over there. And, and the ten people said, there's no way that we can go there. So, so Joshua knows these things. Caleb knows these things. And he's going to lead the people to the promised land. And God says this, if you'll, if you'll take my word, if you'll meditate on my word day and night, if you'll be careful to do all that's written according to what is written, listen to what he says, I'm going to make your way prosperous and you'll have success. I wish I had counted how many scriptures we read in the last three weeks where God promises that He wants to make us successful and prosperous. That's God's words. That's God's desire for us, that we would have a life, that we would have it more abundantly. 
And in his, in his plans, he says, here it is. This, is. this is how we can have life abundantly. God says, take my, take my word and read it. It's a manual for life. It, it, has, it has directions for, for marriage. It has directions for purity. It has directions for raising children, for right living. It has, it has all you need to know to have an abundant life. When we think about this and we, we just we ignore that sometimes, I, I just wrote down a few things. What the world thinks. The world, the world thinks living together is fine, but that's not what God said. Who's right? The world says that little white lies, they never hurt anyone, but God says this, thou shalt not lie. So who's right? The world says, oh, you don't have to cheat on your taxes. Don't be a fool. You know, uh, but, but God says, render unto Caesar what is, what is Caesar's. The world says, who has the most toys when you die? You win. But, but God says this, uh, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and these other things will be added. The world says, you know, if it feels good, do it. And God's Word says, uh, it's not, the body is not for immorality, but it's for the Lord. Who's right? And as I was thinking about this, we, we hear those things and we go, well, here he goes. I go to church and I get a list of don'ts. I get a list of, of here's the rules and here's God's rules, and, and I hate that. But I want you to think about it. Don't we deal with rules every day? Don't eat Tide Pods. Why? Because on the box it says these are not for human consumption. Because it'll kill you. <laughs> Doug, that's yours. Don't buy any more Tide Pods, Christy. Just start washing with something you pour in there, you know. Uh, what about... What about, don't tear open those little white packets that dry your, you know, that's in new clothes and eat them. You know, it says not to do that because it can be fatal. What if, that's just a rule. What about, what about, uh, don't drink Drano. That's a rule. Y'all know that's on the cans. And, and I remember one time a guy coming out and, and he's saying, oh, we don't need to buy Drano anymore because it looks like sugar. And pour it in your hand and eat sugar. You know, don't drink the Drano. Okay, I mean, uh, we have signs that say, "Don't enter this ramp," because it's the wrong way. Well, we we have all of those signs. Don't y'all y'all know this one? Don't pour battery acid on your thumb. Y'all know that little thing? You got a little corrosive thumb there with somebody pouring battery acid on it. I I don't know why they use that, but but don't pour battery acid on your hands. We read all of those rules. We don't have a problem following most of them. Most adults don't have a problem following most of them. But why are there all those rules there? This is your part. Why are they there? To protect us. Because whoever made Tide Pods realized they're to clean clothes. They're not to eat. So they said, we better put this on here and make sure everybody understands this is harmful to you. There's big red signs at an exit that says, do not enter. Why? Because it's there to protect us. Because the builder of the road realized if you start up this ramp and you meet an 18-wheeler exiting this ramp, it's going to end bad. Well, when Christ puts something in the Bible, he says, hey, don't do this because it's going to end bad. He's not saying, look, I want you to miss out on something in life. I want you to miss out on this opportunity. I want you to miss out on getting to do this. I want to steal all your joy. 
That's not what Christ is doing. If you get a bottle and it's got a skeleton and a couple of crossbones, what does that say? Hey, this is dangerous. And Christ lists in his word, hey, here's some things you need to be aware of. Because I built you, I know how you operate, I know all of your parts and how they work, and if you do these certain things, they're going to damage who you are, they're going to damage you, and they're going to damage something about your body. And we don't fight against the world very much, but when we hear God's word, we always say, well, I just don't know about those rules. And I think we need to concentrate on this. God's word is is not a list of don'ts, it's a list of do's. It's not a list of don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. It's a list of, hey, do this and you'll prosper. Hey, do this and you'll find success. Hey, do this and and you'll have an abundant life. That's what we need to look at God's Word and realize when there are those areas that God says, hey, be aware. He's letting us understand and be aware. That's why, again, Joshua 1.8, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you should meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful... You would be careful to do according to what is written. For then will your way be prosperous, and then will you have success. If you would, I want you to turn over to Proverbs. We're going to close with this in just a moment. In Proverbs chapter 8, if we want to have an abundant life, we asked that question the first week. What do you really want? Do you want to have an abundant life? Do you want to live in the potential that God has for you, that God's made you to have? Or are you tired of living? We talked about that prodigal son. Are you tired of living in that, that slop pen? It's time to find your purpose in life. It's time to, to make some positive change and, and to begin to develop a plan. It, it's time to start focusing on the spiritual and live according to God's plan. It's time to start winning the battle. And, and if you want to have an abundant life, Wednesday night we, we were, had a business meeting. We always start the business meeting with a, a, a scripture. And, and I had been reading Proverbs 8, and, and it has just stuck with me. It, it stuck with me a week before the business meeting and all this week, and I just keep going back and thinking about what Proverbs 8. And, and it's, it's talking about wisdom. And I want you to just... We're going, to, we're going to close with this, but I want you to listen to, to what God says about wisdom. Now, when we start reading this, it begins to, it, it describes her and it describes being born and waiting at a gate. But just remember, this is a description of wisdom. It says this, does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice on the heights along the way? Where the paths meet, there she takes her stand. Now, I want you to get that picture of of you're at a crossroads, and there stands wisdom. It's calling out. It's raising its voice. Besides the gates, beside the gates leading into the city at the entrances, she's there and she cries out. To you, O men, I call out. That's wisdom. And I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple gain prudence. You who are foolish gain understanding. Listen, for I have worthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. And my mouth speaks what is true. For my lips detest wickedness. Remember this wisdom. 
And all the words of my mouth are just, and none of them are crooked or perverse. To the discerning of all of them are right, and they are faultless to those who live, who have knowledge. Choose my instructions instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare to her. I, wisdom, dwell together in prudence. I possess knowledge and, Jared, discretion. Boy, I spent five minutes trying to spit that out Wednesday night, and Jared finally had to give it to me. I possess knowledge and discretion. And I've lost my place. Thank you. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance and evil behavior and perverse speech. Counsel the sound judgment. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. For I have understanding and power. That's wisdom. By me, kings reign and rulers make laws that are just. By me, princes govern and all nobles who rule on earth. I love those who love me, and those who seek me will find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. That's, that's wisdom. My fruit is better than fine gold. And what I yield surpasses choice silver. And I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice, bestowing wealth on those who love me and making their treasuries full. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works. Before the deeds of old, I was appointed from eternity from the beginning before the world began. When there were no oceans, I was given birth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains were settled in its place, before the hills I was given birth, before he made the earth or its fields or any of the dust of the world, I was there when he set the heavens in place, and when he marked out the horizons on the face of the deep, and when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the foundations of the deep, when he gave the seas its boundaries so the waters would not overstep its command, and he marked out the foundation of the earth, then I was the craftsman at his side, and I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in, the, in his word, and delighting in mankind. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instructions and be wise and do not ignore it. And blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my doors and waiting at my doorway. For whoever finds me finds life. And whoever receives favor from the Lord, but whoever fails to find me harms themselves. And all who hate me love death. Would you bow with me this morning as we think about God's Word today? You know that next step towards finding that abundant life. It's not a secret. It's it's not difficult. It's difficult to be obedient sometimes, but but the formula, it's, it's not something that's hard and confusing. It's this. First, we need to address the spiritual. 
We need to realize that sometimes our flames die down and they begin to burn out. Timothy said, Paul said to Timothy, Timothy rekindled. Blow a fresh wind upon your fire, and we find that through the Holy Spirit. So when we start with the spiritual, then we need to realize that God has a way and He has a plan, and we can't go around that plan. We can't circumvent the rules, but, but here's God's desire, and here's God's design. Why? Because He wants to watch over us. He wants to protect us. He wants the best for His children, and He wants us to have life, life abundant. We find it in wisdom. We find it in obedience. We find prosperity. We find success. You know, if you notice there in Proverbs, it even says your treasuries are full. Now, following God doesn't mean we're going to have some troubles. What happened? The wind still blow. The storm still came. The water still rose. But when the foundation is built upon Jesus Christ, we stand. We stand firm. We stand strong. And the other side of the storm we find abundance in life. Father, I pray this morning, as we look at your word, as we understand your word, Father, I pray that you would give us that bit of wisdom today. Lord, I pray as you move within our hearts, Lord, we would hear your word and we would respond to your word. I pray, Father, now that however your spirit would move within our hearts, if we need to just come to the altar and pray this morning, if, if someone here would like to would pray with, with me or would like to pray with someone in this place, just go get them and bring them. But, Father, I pray to you this morning that your spirit would move freely within this place, within the hearts of your people. And, Father, we'd know without you uh, we find nothing and we have nothing. So I pray this morning that we'd come to you as your spirit leads in the name of Jesus.